0: Thank you for tuning in to Man in the Making with former monk Rajan Shankara and myself, Rokas. Thank you, Raj, for joining me in this week's episode. Greetings, Rokas, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So we have another Q&A episode. There will be four questions. Fire away. All right, so first question. For people who struggle with mood swings, what can they do to stay consistent?
1: Right. Consistency is a factor of practice and swinging from emotion to emotion uh, is a matter of attachment. The opposite is detachment. So we need practice in detachment. And it's a common thing. It's, It's a great question because we all start out with mood swings um when we're children uh, unless we're a a a baby buddha type type child that was perfect which happens but it's rare uh we all will will fluctuate between um, different emotions and we'll attach to our emotions and in, until we start learning self-control, we will lean towards outbursts getting angry, um, having a, the inability to deal with emotions and uh, we'll get frustrated or, or emotional. And in fact, um, going through the uh, emotional swings is, is a psychological, there's a psychological term for that called the crazy eight. And it's, it's when we go from the masculine um, emotions of uh, anger, frustration, defiance, arguing, um, and we swing over to the emotional, uh, the female emotional side of isolation, feeling misunderstood, depression, and um, sadness, basically. So we all have this masculine and feminine side to us and uh, self mastery is kind of finding yourself in the middle so that you're balanced. And we have to um, realize that it's normal to go through this crazy eight pattern, but that it's also possible to get out of it um, by choosing to empower ourselves with um, choices that help us in self-reflection, meditation, reading, education, uh, outdoor activities, walking, uh, hiking, and all of this helps us to be grounded and centered. And it, the, the terms grounding and center, centering is kind of funny because it, it literally means centering yourself in the middle, right? Putting yourself in the middle and not being on one side or the other. So we always want to try to to practice being centered in the face of conflict. And then over time, uh, we we can get better. And that's partially using the uh, Aristotle's law of the excess, the deficient, and the mean. And by trying to go over to the uh, excessive, if we're deficient, we end up somewhere in the middle because we naturally fail. So if we're very um, if we're very angry for an angry kind of person and we lean towards outbursts and in that em- the kind of emotion, that defiant emotion, we have to become extremely humble and then over time we'll naturally fall somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for the second question, um... For people who are questioning themselves on why they should practice self-improvement what advice would you give them
1: can you specify questioning themselves so just
0: looking um if they're trying to find a reason for maybe they want to get into self-improvement but wait how would i okay i need to think yeah okay that
1: makes sense so Quite yeah, the so questioning questioning their desire to self-improve yeah to improve yeah well you don't have to uh that's a, actually in the, the first lecture in my self-development course is is called why develop self right. <laughs> um you don't have to you you really don't if you're if you're However, if you're questioning if you should develop yourself, there might be a reason you're asking that question. There might be a reason that it's coming up. and, and you really have to wonder, is your life uh, is, is your life going the way you want it to go? If it's not, you've got some underdeveloped pockets in your psyche or in your habits or in your routine that need that need fixing. They need a fixing. And if you're not asking that question, you're you're probably you might be still deficient, but you're not going to approach self-development. The 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 point is the mere fact that you're asking the question, this individual out there somewhere, why do I develop self? It's probably because something in their life isn't working they're confused about something and they they've like you can you can keep going the way you're going and if that's working great if it's not working you have to develop yourself so if you're questioning that part of your your being why develop self well do you want to live the life you want Yes, then you should probably explore every aspect of your life. And that means starting with your mind and your body and then your routine, your living situation and so on and so forth. And it kind of radiates out from there. So you don't have to develop yourself and you also don't have to have to live the life that you want. You can live a shitty, miserable existence if you, if you choose to. And a lot of people do. A lot of people don't bother to ask the questions of self-development, self-mastery and self upliftment They simply wallow in their own, um, ignorance. And most people do that. It's quite normal. And so, uh, If you choose, if you, if you want something to be different about your life, then you, you don't have another choice. There is no other choice after a while. Once we realize that, hey, something's got to change. I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm not happy with who I'm with or who I'm attracting into my life or, you know, where, I, where I've come to at this point. Something's got to change. And uh, you, you no longer have a choice or say in the matter if you wish to alter the course of your life.
0: Yeah, uh, that's really nice perspective. I like that.
1: Uh, for the
0: third question, uh, in your experiences with clients, what things are not within a person's control that they should stop worrying about? Oh. oh.
1: That's a beautiful question. That's the um, basis of all stoic philosophy. Right? So, nothing outside of my client's life nothing outside of their of their body and their mind is in their control and the same goes for you and i i'm not in control of of anything around me in in the essence of control in the essence of of predictability this i may think that i'm in control of my kitchen right now. But in actuality, my water could shut off at any, at any moment if something goes wrong in the pipes. My electricity could fail. The, the blender sitting in front of me could break. I may have the ability to put it away and turn it on, but it is, it is going to change and alter that, its course of reality soon enough when it gets too old or outdated, or I put a a chair inside of it and see if I can blend a piece of wood. Something's gonna break about something. And other people outside of me, situations I'm in, and objects I own or perceive, so own or don't own, are not in my control. They're outside of me. They're what the Stoic philosophers would call the appearances of things. And we don't have control over the appearances of things. What we do have control over to some degree is our reaction to the appearances of things, our reaction to life, the, what we, what we do and say, because I'm not even in control of my body hundred percent, right? My body could develop a fatal illness. I have, I have no say in the matter. And eventually my body will decide to stop. I I will not choose that day. And everything outside of that layer by layer, people, situations, and and things and objects are are in and of themselves existing without me. And and, uh, anything I do to them to manipulate or effect is uh, temporary, but the only permanent essence of control that we have is how we respond to life and self, how we respond to the appearances. And, and that's the foundational key behind, I would say, if not sto- you know, stoic philosophy, obviously, but all theology, I mean. All theology at the at the core says to choose love to choose to worship to, to choose right that choice to either obey that there's something going on here or to to deny it and be and enter this type of um, forsaken misery and if even if you're not religious Right. If you think that you're in control of a situation and and eventually that situation goes awry, thanks to anomaly, that's why we have suffering. That's why we have misery because we thought we were in control. And eventually the thing we think we're in control of breaks or doesn't work or we're late or we, we, we drop something or the event planner gets sick or the plants die. Or it rains. Anomaly occurs in our life and in our consciousness, and we have to simply observe. And then the Stoics and the, the philosophers and the theologians all say that we forego suffering, right? If, we, if that which we can renounce, we renounce the suffering that goes with it. What are your
0: thoughts on that that's awesome yeah i'm your explanations are really beautiful for the questions um if we can renounce something wait what was it how did you phrase it yeah
1: so that which we can renounce so we renounce the suffering that goes with it so for example
0: That's really cool.
1: Like that's, that's a monk's lifestyle, right? That, that, that's, the, that's the purpose of a monk. They give up family to renounce the suffering that comes with whatever comes with family. They renounce relationships. They renounce sex. They renounce uh, clothing and wealth because they're giving up the suffering, right? They're, 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 they're saying, I don't want the suffering that comes with all that shit. So I'm not going to involve myself with it. Now that's the extreme, right? Because, uh, and that's, that's what I used to, that's what, how I used to live. And, but it's the extreme because having things in your life, having the ability to choose clothes, having the ability to, to create wealth and, and use capitalism to the ability to enter into a relationship and have sex and, and have love and have, have children and create family and, and bonds. Those are, those are, some of the few miracles that we have in life that we can part choose to participate in. Now the responsibility that comes with participation is to endure suffering that comes with it. That's possibly the greater um, feat of strength than just giving it all up because it's easy to kind of give it all up. I mean, it's hard at first, but after a few years, it's like, you forget all about it and you focus one pointedly on, on something else. We all have to focus on something. So what, what, what people who have gone through that monastic and that monk kind of training can, can tell people is that you can have your cake and eat it too. And that means you can have the joy that comes with the relationship and you can also have the, the suffering. But if you remain detached, if you, if you, if you practice enough and use observation and attention and meditation within life, you can enjoy it and the suffering will be mitigated. It won't be, it won't be as bad as you think. As long as you don't, you know, let those emotions get to you. And that's, that's the purpose of a stoic lifestyle. It's, it's completely okay to renounce. But you don't have to renounce the, the thing or the person or the situation in order to renounce the suffering. There's actually a hack in there. There's a cheat code built in. And you can have the career without the stress, so long as you see the stress as a means of growth. If you see suffering as a means of growth, and that's Jordan Peterson right there, that's the 12 rules for life. If you see, if you see the suffering as a means of growth, then all of life is growth. And to avoid life is stagnation and early death.
0: Uh, I have a few, um, paths to go from here because, okay. Yeah. This, oh, okay. Um, all right. So you choose which one you want to answer. I don't know. So first question, I don't know if this will go anywhere. Is from when you said how the monastic lifestyle is renouncing things, but in the monastery there's still a hierarchy. You still yes. have a hierarchy. You haven't renounced that. Does that like affect anything? Isn't I don't know. Could you say anything about that about not renouncing the hierarchy,
1: even um, though the monastic
0: lifestyle is about renouncing so many things?
1: Yes, exactly. It, it, it's a bit of a contradiction, right? I mean, we renounce what we can; the rest we we use from our our conditioning. I mean, it's human-made. Okay, it's man-made. So. It's going to come with ego. It's going to come through the filter of the ego. And we had hierarchy because structure, all of life seems to have structure. It may seem random, but there's actually structure. And some will disagree with that. Some think there is randomness everywhere, but I'm coming from a belief in structure. And so the monks they found structure in renunciation. They found structure in hierarchy, allowing us to develop and allowing us to kind of pick and choose what we renounce. And it's, it's a contradiction. It's, it's, not, it's not 100% perfect because I'm not sure there is something that's 100% perfect except for like sunshine, uh, like the ability to radiate love. Um, the ability to give our energy, those things are perfect. right? Love, it can be perfect if we reach that state. Um, our ability to shine um, uh, appreciation and gratitude and love and respect on everything, like the sun shines light outward. that, I think, is perfect, and that, I think, is divinity. But everything else falls into a bit of a category of of structure and um, you know, the the choice of renunciation. So you have to kind of choose where you lie on the contradictory scale uh, underneath, underneath uh, everything under the sun.
0: Okay. And the other question I had was after you talked about, Okay, my mind went back. Um, it was to do with loving the process. Uh, and yeah, so. Which is an important aspect of a fulfilled life.
1: So, yeah.
0: what advice would you give to
1: people so they focus
0: on the process, not the result?
1: Well, let me see if I can remember that. So, I'll put that there. How can we give advice to people to focus on the process and have, live a fulfilling life? But I do want to touch on real quick that it's you know, are the monks wrong? Like if, if you can, if you can live the process and, 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 and endure suffering and use it as growth, are monks wrong for renouncing? Like if oh, that. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. No, like no, it's if, interesting. Yeah. interesting. Yeah. If, if, if I, if I entered into a period of renunciation and, and, and said that that was correct, what about the world of suffering and learning through growth? What am I which one am I which one is right? And and why are they doing what they're doing if this other thing we know is true? And the, the truth is the monks aren't wrong, but you have to look at what the monks are doing in order to understand right and wrong, in order to understand philosophy, their philosophy specifically. So any kind of renunciate, anyone who throws down a thing to avoid the suffering, the the, the avoidance of the suffering is a byproduct of their original purpose, which is to sacrifice their life for a greater purpose. So if, if the philosophy of renouncing everything is to avoid suffering and suffering alone, you are incorrect right? You are wrong. You are hiding from suffering. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, but the monks, what we were doing was we were sacrificing our life for the, the greater good of the religion for the greater good of the mission. And the cost was our life. The cost was the path we could have taken to learn through family, career, wealth, and, and we sacrifice that to devote one pointedly the life to strict scripture, study, religious worship and helping, um, you know, being a priest, bring a, being a father to the, to the people, being a reverend, being, being, um, a walking scripture that says this path alone exists. It, it still exists. It's not gone and you can do this, but what I like, I like the hybrid method. And actually, in, in ancient scripture, in ancient Eastern philosophy, there's a hybrid method from, from other times, other, other times in history, where humans learned in monasteries to go out into the world from there. So they start in monasteries. They're kind of raised there. For the first certain years of their life and then they go out and, and use those teachings and that's the hybrid method right the hybrid method is understanding the benefits of renunciation and detachment but then enduring the suffering of life so that we can see the gain in it we can see the benefit in it so the other question that we put over here uh just before you go there um
0: so it's like specialization um renunciation can lead to specialization because you're putting the other things aside so you can focus on working on your craft or whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. It's a specialized process and, and um, we, we can, we can renounce, we can still have the benefits that which we renounce. We renounce the suffering that comes with it. We, that saying is true for everyone, but we have to remember what we're renouncing. Okay, if I enter into a relationship and, and I wish to avoid um, you know, too much suffering and too much of this and that, ideally I self-develop myself, and this is answering that other question we had in the air, mm-hmm. what we have to do is enter self-development phase. We have to become single, we have to start to work on ourselves, um, and this is true for anything, if, if, it's, if it's university, if it's career, if it's relationship, we have to take a break from something devote ourselves to it and learn it and then come back into the field and start to tell people what we learned and interact with it. So if that's a relationship, um, how can I avoid the, the total chaos and suffering from a bad relationship? It's, it's taking that time to develop myself, to develop de- detachment, to d- develop my abilities of discrimination, to understand what's good for me and what's not and to develop dispassion and have this meditative state where when the conflict occurs, I don't run from it. I don't, I don't see it as something that is destroying my life. I see it as an opportunity. And that's how we engage with conflict. That's how we engage with the world as a process, as a path to living the best life possible. We engage with, with anomaly. And it's, it's the known and the unknown. So if, if I develop myself coming from this monastic background, I say, okay, I've learned a certain amount about stoic philosophy, for example, I've learned that I can't control my spouse. Okay. So when they act differently than I do, I'm okay with that. We're unique. We have individuality. A lot of the times in my client's life, they have, a, they have built up animosity and resentment for their partner because they do all this little dumb shit that they don't do. For example, they're not at, maybe they're not as clean. Maybe they're too clean. Maybe they're hyper-focused on, on work and not enough on them. There's all these aspects to another human being that can potentially create resentment and animosity. What the teachings of detachment, meditation, and and discrimination allow us to do. And and knowing that that conflict is growth, we learn how to communicate instead of avoid. We learn how to drop the little things instead of approach and, and create conflict everywhere we see it. We learn how to live out of our imagination and not out of our memory. Maybe this person can change, but first I'll focus on me. And then if I leave a good enough example, maybe they'll change, maybe they won't. It's not actually important. See, the key is in living a successful life, we have to live our own life. We can't be so absorbed in someone else's life that we lose ourselves. And that's kind of the magic to every relationship. We have to have some sense of individuality or else our happiness and our security is on the other person. And when the other person fails to meet those standards, as they inevitably will, we won't become unhappy. Our house, our structure will not destroy itself because our security rests in ourselves. And the other person complements it. They add to it. We learn from them. They learn from us. And we both evolve together. But if I'm trying to Fix myself, uh, fix alcohol abuse, fix um, uh, drug abuse or uh, uh, addictions with pornography, addictions with sex, addic- uh, workaholic. If I'm trying to, if I'm deficient somewhere majorly and I'm trying to fix that and I try to enter into a relationship, you see, and I try to get a career and I try to get wealth, mm-hmm. that's when we, we're, we're, um entering into conflict without preparation and that's where the lack of training leads to suffering and so and that's when where i was, the
0: benefits of
1: renunciation come in. that's where the benefits come in because we kind of go to the extremes right just like aristotle said we have to go to the extremes to fall somewhere in the middle so if you're if you're really bent on wealth you have to kind of go hardcore into your learning, into your education. You kind of have to obsess about it for a little bit. And then you can kind of relax and go somewhere in the middle. And you kind of know, know the rules to bend and break. But you have to know the rules first perfectly. So I often think about my life in that same way because I went to the extremes. I was like, okay, I'm going to give all of this stuff up because I can't control it. I can't handle it. But then, as I developed myself over time, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready now to approach a relationship. I know myself. And then all of a sudden, using the law of attraction, the universe gives you someone who is like-minded, who, who you can grow with. And if you have that trust in the universe, then your mindset will change your reality but you have to kind of develop the right mindset. It's a beautiful process. It's absolutely perfect. And yeah, that's what we're trying to do. with this That's what we're doing. That's why you and I are, are here today. That's why we're recording. That's why, that's why you're in school. That's why you're alive. It goes all the way down into, into why you're alive. Um, I think that's enough information for today. Yeah. (sighs) Nice.